0: When you're coming up with a story, a new story, a new world, one of the most important things that you can do is come up with the heart of it. What is it really about? I mean, really. What does it center around? What is everything going to be about? That may sound logical. That may sound like something that should go unsaid, but I've read and watched many a story where they didn't take the time to figure that out before they started work. And so now... That's what I'm doing. spending a lot of time on that, and I thought we would talk about it on today's Project Shadow. Can you hear me? I have something to say. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to Project Shadow. My name's Charlie. You might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, especially if you're reading my new book, Crucify My Love. And things may sound a little bit different today because we have some work going on inside the house and there are drills and all kinds of noises, so I'm out on the deck with the night creatures and the crickets and everything, so... Yeah, I'm sure this episode sounds different. I'm not going to be able to do the noise canceling and everything that I normally do. And I'm not going to be able to use my studio because the house is a little bit too loud. So hopefully this works. I'm actually kind of glad that I'm being forced to do this because one of my goals with NaNoWriMo is to kind of record kind of in a audio blog format where I write throughout the day and do the things and do little updates and whatnot in the recording and kind of use it as a log of my progress throughout to kind of share that whole thing with you so hopefully this sounds okay and we'll see how this works it's been a long time since i've recorded an episode like that like this so, if you haven't already, please do take a moment to rate this podcast on whatever app you're listening to me on. It really does help out a lot. It tells the algorithms to share the podcast with more people. The more people that listen, the bigger the community. The bigger the community, the better the chance we get to talk to each other in real life. And after all, that's why I do this in the first place. Thank you to everybody who's already done that. So, when I talk about finding the heart of the story, that sounds a little bit more wishy-washy or mystical than it probably should Because what I really mean by that is every story has a core, a thing at its heart. Star Wars, for example, is and has always been an anti-authoritarian story. From the very first episode that came out all the way through to all of the cartoons and the prequels and the sequels and everything. That's what holds it together. These are outlaws, people on the margins who need to figure out what their place in the greater world is, in the greater galaxy, and they're fighting against the powers that be that are trying to limit them and put them down. That's the heart of the world. That's the heart of the setting. Now, there are a few other aspects that go into that that make Star Wars much more unique. You have to add to that the flavor of the Force, and you have to add to that the history of the Galactic Republic, the rise of the Sith Empire, and, you know, all the different things that Palpatine does, because... Well, we all know Palpatine does stuff, doesn't he now? Apparently he's still doing stuff, because there's that laugh in the trailer for the new movie. But that's a topic for another day now, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Anywho, once you know what that story is about, then you can actually craft a world and a story that makes coherent, cohesive sense with itself. Avatar: The Last Airbender is probably most famous for this, in that once they put the concept of bending in and related the, con- the various bending arts to not just martial arts that exist in the real world, but philosophies and attitudes that go along with them, that created the real core and heart of the series. It made the universe make sense, in that Aang had to act like an airbender to be able to bend air, but he had to learn the ways and the philosophies and thought process of the water tribe, the earth kingdom, and the fire nation if he was going to learn how to bend those elements with the prowess that he required. Not to mention having to learn everything that he needed to know about the spirit world to be able to finish that story in the way that it actually ended. That is the core, that's the heart. It's one of the things that I think confused a lot of people about Korra, is legend, the legend of Korra kind of strayed a little bit from that as the heart of the story, and started slapping other things in, like the steampunky tech and everything else, and felt like it was moving away from the heart and soul of what Avatar The Last Airbender was. I think that, more than anything, confused a lot of viewers, and led to its, let's say, mixed reception amongst the fans. And that's what you really have to watch out for. When you're working on a story, especially a story that has parts or additional chapters that will come out later, making sure that you keep that consistent and coherent setting, that consistent and coherent world, will keep people involved and into the, st- and into the story that's being told. Anytime you stray from that in any significant way, well that tends to make people start questioning aspects that they normally would have taken for granted. Those questions can lead to all manner of problems and drama amongst the fans of the work. Or, you could just not have a coherent philosophy at all and just write whatever you want, and you end up with A Song of Ice and Fire. I'm not saying that that's bad, but you can see the ramifications of that in the, well... Game of Thrones adaptation of it, where there wasn't a core, there wasn't a heart that to the story. The world didn't have a center around which it resolved. It wasn't about unjust power structures, even though the advertising generally picked up that idea and ran with it. It kind of sold us the character of Daenerys, Stormborn, as someone who was going to bring about that destruction of all of the hierarchical systems that were troubling Westeros well and part of this is George R. R Martin's fault in the way that he crafted the original story and probably the outline that he gave them but it's also Dan and Dave's fault for well not believing that themes are something that should be prevalent in stories to begin with the character that we ended up getting was not the character that we were sold from the beginning and we're not and definitely not the character that the advertising continued to put forward. The Daenerys that wanted to break the wheel is not the uh, Dark Lady Daenerys that we ended up getting towards the end of Game of Thrones. See, the story didn't have a message. It didn't have a heart. It didn't have anything at the center of it that it was working towards. It was a whole bunch of people that each had their own ideas and problems and they were doing things. And as they continued to do things, stuff happened. And that made it very hard to wrap up. This, in my belief, is one of the reasons why George R. R. Martin has had difficulty getting the next book, Winds of Winter, finished, and is probably having problems figuring out exactly how to structure Dream of Spring. You can see that very clearly in the last couple um, seasons of the show where they were working off of outlines that George had given them and trying to figure out how to structure a story out of what was remaining so that they could tie up as many loose ends as they could, even though they had decided to ignore and cut off many of those threads early because they realized that they didn't have a fitting end. This is why, if you are going to be constructing a story world, you need to sit back and be as considerate as you can about determining what the story is about. You see, Star Wars is a story about overthrowing dictatorships. From the first movie to the most recent movie, that is the plot of the story. Sometimes the good guys win, sometimes the bad guys win. But that heart is consistently put forward in each and every one of those films. Now, when you look at the events of, say, the Return of the Jedi, this works so well, because the actual drama is not necessarily about the overthrow of the Emperor himself, and actually boils down to the question of whether Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader, will be able to throw off the authoritarian tendencies that he has placed upon himself to work in league with the Emperor to bring about the dark times that our characters find themselves in. That narrative consistency is what made the show work. It's also what's provided a lot of problem for more recent Star Trek series. We'll we'll talk about that a little bit more after the break. The problem with Star Trek is that it lays out its heart, its conceit, from the very first episode of the first series. Of the original series. You know, with Kirk, Spock, McCoy in them? I think you can recite it with me. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's five-year miss- mission to seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Now That gets cleaned up and fied when you get to the next generation era, but that is, after all, more or less, the heart of what the show's about. It's about peace. It's about this new world where people are learning to get past their aggression and their first instinct is no longer to fight, no longer to punch the thing, but to find agreement and actually talk to one another to seek out new life and new civilizations. These are the things that Star Trek is about at its best. And through the three series that were created while Gene Roddenberry was still alive, that being the original series, the and I'm skipping the animated series here because that's a whole can of worms, so please don't call in and tell me the animated series happened. I know the animated series happened, but it's, that's a bag of worms I'm not really ready to open yet. We have the original series, The Next Generation, and Deep Space Nine. That, Though Gene did not create Deep Space Nine, he did see and approve the story bibles that were created for it that ended up making that show what it was. Now, everything that happened after Gene, that would be Voyager, Enterprise, and Discovery, and I'm not counting the new shows because I haven't seen them yet, and I can't judge whether or not they're going to get back to the heart of what makes Star Trek Star Trek. They don't have that. Not at all. That's not part of their core philosophy. Voyager is basically Gilligan's Island, except for they're stranded on a ship and they are eventually going to have to find their way home. It's kind of a uh, Star Trek reinterpretation of Battlestar Galactica, except for without Cylons until you get to the Borg episodes, and then the Borg make pretty good Cylon analogs, don't they? Yeah, we could seriously do an entire week worth of episodes about how Voyager is kind of Star Trek's attempt to do a reboot of Battlestar Galactica or Battlestar 1980 yeah that's that that that's problematic because Battlestar Galactica while interesting is not Star Trek now moving on from that you have Enterprise which could have had that at its heart it really, could have been a show about that because we're back at the beginning of the federation and while we know how many planets are a part of the federation we don't know when they were encountered or when they came in that's never been set in any sort of canon because and i know i have to say this every time i bring up star trek star trek has never had any kind of canon canon is not a thing star trek does fans want it fans interpret it and read those tea leaves but that's not something that star trek has ever had or done Having said that, when you actually look at what they did with Enterprise, they created this temporal cold war because reasons. I guess they felt that the conflict with the Borg was interesting, so they wanted to continue that, and the Dominion War was interesting. They kind of wanted to continue that, but they didn't really have any ideas, and they didn't want to do the Romulan or the Klingon War because reasons. And the show very quickly lost its heart, it very quickly moved away from what it had been, what it could have been, as a show about exploration and about characters, and instead devolved into conflict after conflict after conflict, and then the Zindi thing happened, and the show started getting interesting again, and, oh, it was too late because the show was (laughs) cancelled. Oops. And now we have Discovery, which again moves away from the core competency that makes Star Trek interesting. Now, I'm not saying this to harp on these other shows or to say bad things about them, because, as you all know, I am a fan of Star Trek. I love Star Trek, and I want Star Trek to be the best Star Trek that Star Trek can Star Trek. But it has always had problems. It has always had issues. And recently, those have come straight from this lack of understanding what Star Trek has always been about. As much as I am not a fan of the J.J. Abrams reboot of Star Trek, I have to say that he kind of understood what Star Trek was a little bit, at least in the character dynamics. And by the time you get to Star Trek Beyond, it's as close as we've gotten in a really long time to being something Star trek Because that's the thing, Star Trek moved away from its core competencies when it wasn't about space exploration or discovering something new or some important topic that could be mythologized through the lens of a future civilization and retold in a way that would be digestible and interesting. It was about the personal conflict and drama between the characters. That's what always made the show good and interesting. It had a heart. And we can actually go into each individual series and talk about how it inflected its own version of that except for well discovery and i would also say enterprise this is why it's important for us to figure out exactly what our stories are about now that doesn't mean that we have to come up with themes and be really detailed and make sure that we have everything nailed down prior to writing There are wonderful things called zero-drafts, which allow us to discover these things, and there's a wonderful thing called editing that allows us to fix a lot of this in post. But knowing that going in really simplifies the process and helps us to understand what is going on in the worlds that we are in fact crafting or operating in. This is the most important thing that a writer can do. It gives the world a sense of consistency. It makes the world, no matter how fantastical, seem real. When you realize that, for the most part, the texts that we have for, from Tolkien are either meant to be the religious texts of various groups of elves and or the histories that they chronicled of Middle-earth, and you read the texts accordingly, They make perfect sense through those lenses. They read like a medieval history would, like a medieval chronicle would, and follow the story in the same way and manner that you would find in those kinds of texts. They play their role perfectly, and as such, they don't mess anything up, if you will. They don't make it hard to understand what's going on. The core competencies of that series are very simple. There is good, there is evil, evil is corrupting and does not have a nature of its own. This is an influence that whether it came from Tolkien himself or through discussions with C.S. Lewis, who may have stole the idea, but though he presents it as his own in mere Christianity forms the heart and the basis of every story within the Tolkien canon, be it in the Silmarillion, The Hobbit, or the the Lord of the Rings novels themselves. That allows you to enter that world and see it for what it is. The ecological concern and distrust of people in power that went into writing Dune by Frank Herbert colors each and every book in that series. This idea that people, given the proper motivation and interest, would be able to unite and throw off their oppressors is counterbalanced by the possibility that they might go mad and power-hungry and cause more harm than good in the end. All of these writers, all of these creators, knew what it was that their stories were about and how they wanted to tell them. And that's something we need to figure out for ourselves. Today, I've spent a lot of my time writing what is currently a 1500 word, and (laughs) it's a little bit over that, document that'll be going up on World Anvil that kind of explains the core competencies that I'm wanting to put into the setting that I'm working on. What is it? What do they call things? Why are things the way that they are? I'm not doing this just because I enjoy doing it, and let's be honest, I enjoy doing it. It's one of my favorite things in the world to do but because it then becomes the narrative core, the heart from which all stories that take place in the setting can grow, flourish, and prosper. I can't wait to share with you the idea of the Ordegal, but again, that's going to have to be a different episode. I hope you enjoyed this one, and I hope it inspired you and maybe helped you understand this Preptober, what it is that you need to be working on to get ready to do your nano project, if you're going to be doing that. I still haven't decided what I'm doing this nano, I'm probably going to be writing Glorify My Name, that's what I've got planned, but I know how my brain works, and we'll see what happens as we get closer to the day. If you enjoyed this episode and you haven't already, do take a moment to rate it, that really does help out a lot, it tells the algorithms to share the podcast with more people, and that really would help me out greatly. If you've got a dollar you can pass my way, in the show notes you'll find a link to my Patreon and the community support tab. The difference between the two is the people on Patreon occasionally get stuff. If you can do that, that would really help out immensely because this is how I make my living. If you don't have any money right now or you don't feel like giving, that's fine. But if you do know somebody you think would like this podcast, do share it with them. That helps out immensely as well. If you'd like to get in touch with me about this or anything else, if you have any questions, comments, or topics you would like to hear discussed on the show, well, in the show notes, you'll find a link to the voice message system. Keep it short, keep it clean so I can use it on the show. I would love to hear from you. You can also hit me up on Twitter and Instagram. I'm CE Dorset on both. You can also find me, well, find links to everything that I do over at ProjectShadow.com. I'm sorry for the bugs and all the sounds out here. Tomorrow, I will pro- hopefully be back in my studio and able to record really pristine audio. But I'm learning how to do this out here. So, until next time, don't forget, have the fun! Bye.